0: Shalom and welcome again and all praises to the most high Yahuwah and his son Yahusha who died for our sins and is by his blood that we are redeemed. I am Boyce Washington, and on the other side of me is Pastor Richard Washington. If at any time during this podcast that you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at science of the covenant at gmail.com. Again, that's scienceofthecovenant at gmail.com, and we will try to get to your questions on there. If not, we will get to your questions and comments on the next podcast. So I'm going to turn it over to the pastor. Uh, Pastor, what are we going to study today? Okay, uh,
1: last week we had uh, dealt with the fourth part of the science of the seed, and we left off, we had talked about the two baptisms, and was going to follow up on this because what i was pointing out also that the question that yeshua was confronted with by nicodemus it also had three births so we want to look at the three births and how they are tied in together we saw the two births but we want to look at these three and how they are tied in together because when you deal with scripture a lot of times you may deal with one thought but as you probe into them, you'll discover that it has more meaning than just one particular interpretation. So we'll be dealing with the fifth part of the science of the seed. Okay, with that being said, let us uh, have a word of prayer. Eternal Father, we are thankful for the privilege that you give us each Shabbat to be able to discuss and to explore your word which is the most important thing that we can do while we're here on this planet Earth. And so we would ask, O Heavenly Father, that as we go into your Word, that you would give us a discernment of the Holy Spirit to be able to interpret it in a way that not only we should, but to be able to apply it in our hearts. Continue to bless those who listen and those, O Heavenly Father, who listen during the week. Bless my host, technology that he works Bless also the listeners, their families, and most of all, bless our relationship with Thee, that we can have a heavenly sitting in Yeshua's name. We do ask it, and for His dear sake, we do pray, Amen, amen. and amen. amen. Okay, what we want to do is turn to the book of uh, John, the Besorah of John, the Gospel of John, found in the, the third chapter of the Gospel in the Gospel of John, the third chapter. And we want to consider uh, verses 4 through 6. 4 through 6. And here it reads, it says, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Yeshua answered, Verily, verily I say unto you, Except a man be born, of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of Elohim. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, what we consider, what we will consider in this discourse is three births, and we mentioned in our last presentation and we were just read in this particular portion of the scripture, it talks about uh, being born of the flesh and being born of the water and being born of the spirit. That's at least three births and we will examine uh, them briefly. And as we look at them, we want to show how three of them are coordinated together to bring about a new person in Yeshua, our Messiah. So what is it that we want to understand is what the Word is and how it is related. Now, when we talk about the Word, remember, the Word is being represented by the seed. And so what we are talking about is that when we have the seed, the seed is the particle that brings about the birth and we want to look at the word in the light of the seed. okay now as we have pointed out Nicodemus was talking about being born again the second time at his mother's womb and Yeshua came around and said need to be born of the water and the spirit so this week we want to look at being born of the flesh being born of the water and being born of the spirit. And we want to tie all of this together. Now we want to go to another text found in the book of Matthew. In the book of Matthew, we want to look at Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13. And here in Matthew chapter 13, we want to look at verse number eight, Matthew 13, eight says, he said, but other fail. In other words, The seed here. He said, but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, and some a hundredfold, and some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. So it's talking about the seed that was sown. What we want to comprehend are the elements which contribute to a seed. At first, we have the seed. So we want to look at the seed. And we ask the question: what is a seed? Now the Bible said here in Matthew 13:8 that some fell on good ground. And what he's talking about is some seed fell on good ground. So in this section, we'll define a seed. So let's define the seed. Okay, in defining the seed, let's turn to uh, Mark. And in Mark, the chapter of Mark, we want to look at chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And in Mark chapter 4, we want to look at uh, a couple of verses there. And the first verse that we want to look at in Mark chapter 4 is verse number 14. Now, verse number 14 of the fourth chapter of Mark says, the sower sowed the word, okay? The sower soweth the word. All right, so here we find that Mark is saying, the sower soweth the word. And then when we look in the same chapter of Mark, chapter 4, we're going to also look at verse 26. Now, here the Bible says in Mark, chapter 4, verse 26, and he said, so the kingdom of Elohim, as if a man should sow seed into the ground. Okay, he said, so as if a man soweth the seed in the ground. All right, so here we're saying that the soweth soweth the word. And then verse 26 says, he soweth the seed and the ground. Okay, now let us turn to the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke. And in the gospel of Luke, we want to look at chapter number eight, gospel of Luke chapter eight. And here in the gospel of Luke chapter eight, uh, we want to follow up on what we have just seen in the parable in Mark chapter four. Okay, in chapter 8, and we're looking at verse number 11. Here the Bible says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of Elohim. So the Bible is telling us that the seed is the word of Elohim. So Mark tells us that the word was the seed. And then we are seeing here, and Luke is saying, that the seed of the word is the word of Elohim. Okay, now we started off by looking at the parable in Matthew chapter thirteen, verse eight, and it talks about sowing the seed. But Mark and Luke lets us know what exactly what the seed is. So we have the seed being represented uh, of the word of Elohim. Now here in these texts, we are told that the seed is the word of Yah we will refer to this section of our discourse as the word of the seed. And we'll call the word of the seed, the lago, lago sperm. Now the word lago come from the Greek and it means word and sperm means seed. So we have the lago seed, meaning the word and the seed. So we want to look at the lago sperm, which is the, word of the seed. Now, the logosperm is the word of Yahuwah, is a word of which he gives, which is called a seed. The sperm is a seed. If man's, if Yah's word is a seed, then we must understand that a seed contains everything that comes from it from which it comes. So when we talk about a seed, what are we talking about? We talking about a seed has everything in it that from which it has come from. Okay, let us give a couple of examples. An apple seed contains everything to produce another of its kind. In the apple seed is the tree and its branches and leaves and roots and apples. All in that one apple seed. We have the entire tree in that apple seed. So when we talk about the word of Elohim, we want to be able to see everything in that word that we need. If we have a zucchini seed, a zucchini seed contains everything within it to to produce everything needed to bring forth another zucchini squash. So if we have a zucchini seed, then in that seed is everything that is needed to produce another squash of its kind. Consequently, when we have the word of Elohim, we have everything needed in order to reproduce and bring forth the life of the father and the son within one's self. So the purpose of the seed is to reproduce after its kind. Even so, the purpose of the word of Elohim is to reproduce after his kind. Okay. Now let's turn to Matthew chapter five. In Matthew chapter five, here we find a statement that is being made in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 in the last verse, verse 48. The Bible says here in Matthew 5, 48. It said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So here is a challenge. Here is a, here's a goal. It said, Be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, how do we become perfect? Well, if the seed of Yah is a perfect seed, and it goes into us, and it germinates within us, then the seed will produce in us that perfection. That's what the seed is for, because if there's if, if, if Elohim is perfect, and He gives us a seed, then perfection is in the seed. So if we have the seed in us, then the seed will give us the perfection that He's asking us to give, because... As we pointed out in the zucchini and the apple seed, everything that those respective plants have is in the seed. So Elohim said, when I give you the seed, you got everything you need in order to produce the life that I want you to produce. So now what the seed is, that's what the seed is. How is the seed to give birth to us? Okay. So now that we know what the seed is, the seed is the word of Elohim. So in this part of our discourse, we want to look at a process which the seed is disseminated in. And we refer to uh, this part of our study as the scattering of the seed, and we will call it the dissemination process, the dissemination process. Now, when we talk about the dissemination uh, process, in the dissemination process, we have what the Bible calls a sowing of the seed. The sowing of the seed. So let us turn back again to uh, Matthew chapter thirteen, and in Matthew chapter thirteen, we want to look at verse number number three. Now the Bible says in Matthew thirteen three, it says, "And he spake many things unto them in parable, saying." Behold, a sower went forth to sow. So he's saying the way that the seed gets to us, it has to be sown. They have to sow the seed. And this is the dissemination process of sowing the seed. Now, when we turn again back to the book of Mark, chapter 4 and verse 14, it says, The sower soweth the word. The sower soweth the word. So here he's talking about sowing the word. And again, we return to the book of Luke in Luke chapter 8. And here we read in Luke chapter 8 concerning uh, the sowing of the seed. And it tells us in verse number 5, here in verse number 5, it says, And the sower went out to sow, seed, sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. But we are concerned with the first part right here, where it says that he sowed the seed. So that's how the seed is is scattered about. It is sown. So when we look at the seed, in order for it to be able to get to us it has to be sown it had to be scattered so what does it mean to sow okay so we know that the seed represents the word of Elohim so when the seed is sown what does a sowing mean so when we look at the word sowing it means to scatter or to spread But the symbolical meaning that it is portraying is it has to be spreaded by preaching or teaching. That's what the sowing is. When we teach the word and preach the word, it is a type of sowing. It is done in the testimony and singing and poetry and writing or conversation. This is sowing seed. So when we talk about the word being sown, we are talking about the word being preached or taught, and so when it is preached or taught or given in conversation or shared through word, this is sowing. Yeshua spoke and taught the word of Yah in his ministry. Thus, he was sowing the seed. It was he and his father who both sowed the seed of creation, and it is they who sows the seeds of salvation. So when we look at the first sowing of the seed and the creation in the first part of Genesis, we see it was the father and the son that was sowing the seeds in creation. And we will find that it is also the father and the son that is sowing the seed also in salvation. So when we understand creation, we can also understand salvation because creation and salvation go hand in hand now that the seed is preached and taught the next question which confronts us is where is the seed sown so let us probe into this question and the question is where is the seed sown where do they sow the seed okay let we need to look at that okay where is the seed sown all right by way of review we're going to go back we're going to go back over uh, some of the texts that we just read, we're going to go back to Matthew and Matthew chapter eight. Okay. Matthew, ch- not chapter eight, but Matthew chapter 13 and verse eight. Okay. That's where we want to w- want to go. Matthew. Okay. All right. Matthew 13 and looking at verse eight here, the Bible says, here's the Bible says Talking about the seed, it said, but other seed fell into good ground and brought forth fruit and a hundredfold and sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. So according to this, when they sowed the seed, where did it go? The Bible said it went into the ground. Okay, so the ground is where the seed went into. So if we have the seed, which is the word, we are told that it's sown into the ground. That's where the seed goes. All right. Now, let's go to Mark. Mark chapter 4. And we want to go to verse 20. Mark 4.20 says this. It said, and these are they which are sown on the ground. Okay. He's saying the seed is sown on the ground. Okay. So again, it is reiterated that when we talk about where the seed was sown, where the word of Elohim was sown, it was sown in the ground. That's where we were. All right. Now let us turn to Luke chapter 8 and verse 8. And the Bible says, And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit. And hundredfold. Okay. So what we have thus far is that when we talk about where the seed was sown, we are told that it was sown in the ground. Now, according to these texts of Scripture, they tell us that the seed is sown into the soil. Consequently, if the seed represents the word of Yah, where is it put when it is preached and taught? When they sow it, if it is sown in the ground, then what does the ground represent? Okay. We know that the word is represented by the seed. We know that the, the uh, sowing is represented by preaching and teaching. So now we want to know what does the ground represent? Okay. We want to turn back to uh, Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, and in Matthew chapter 13, we want to look at uh, verse number 19, Matthew 13, 19. Now here it reads, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it is not, then cometh the wicked one, and, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart, so the Bible is saying that when the word was sown, it was sown where? In the ground. And the ground represents the heart. So our hearts is where the seed is sown, in the heart. So when it is preached and taught, it is sown in our hearts. Okay. So now let us turn uh, again to Luke uh, chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And we're to look at a couple of verses in Luke chapter 8. Now, here's what Luke chapter 8 says, and we're looking at verse number 12. Luke chapter 8, verse 12 says, Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So here again, Luke is saying that when the word was sown into the ground, the ground is the heart in which the word was sown into. And in the same chapter, we follow up on verse 12 with verse 15 of Luke chapter 8, and it says, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit. With patience. So here Luke is saying that with an honest and a good heart. So he is saying that the ground again represents the heart and where the seed of the word of Elohim was sown. So when we think about the word is sown in the soil, it is sown into the human heart. So here in these texts, we have the ground representing the heart, the seed of the word of Yah. Is sown into the soil of the human heart. Let us consider the human heart. Let us look at the human heart. Okay, we turn back to Matthew, and when we turn back to Matthew, we will to look at chapter number thirteen, but we want to look at verse number fifteen. Matthew thirteen fifteen says, "It said, for this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing." And their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Now what we want to look at in Matthew thirteen, fifteen, it says, And they shall understand with their heart. So it's talking about the heart here. We've discovered that when the word is sown, it's sown into the heart, and it's the heart that gives understanding. So the Bible often speaks about the heart of understanding. We usually think in terms of the brain being an organ of understanding. So why would we be talking about the heart when it is the brain that generally does the understanding and the thinking. So, why is it that we associate understanding to the heart rather than the brain? There are a few things we need to take note of. First, the heart is a fleshly organ of the body. Second, the heart contains the blood. Third, the blood is oxygenated in the heart and the carbon dioxide. Is removed from the blood in the heart chambers. Okay, so when the blood want to be oxygenated, it has to be taken uh, by the uh, necessary operation. That when the blood enters the heart, and when it enters the heart, the blood is purified, and then it is taken to the body. It is in the veins of the body that all of the blood that has carbon dioxide in it is taken from the body. And then when we have the uh, lungs that gets the oxygen and supply it to the blood, it goes into the heart chambers. And as it goes into the heart chambers, the blood is oxygenated. So in the chambers of the heart, we have the cleansing of the blood and the oxygenation of the blood. So there's a number of functions that is performed by the heart in the pulmonary system both the vein, uh, the the veins and the pulmonary system are the ones that age the blood the veins carries the carbon dioxide blood and it deposited the carbon monoxide rid of it and then in the pulmonary area what we have is the blood being oxygenated to go into various parts of the body consequently When we deal with the heart, we are dealing with an organ that deals with blood. And blood deals with life. So let us look at uh, Leviticus. Let us go to Leviticus chapter 11. Not 11, but chapter 17. Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11. So here we read in Leviticus 17. And we look at verse number 11 says for the life of the flesh is in the blood. So here we see that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And in the same chapter, in, in verse 14, it says, for it is the life of all flesh, the blood of it is for the life thereof. So we find that if we have blood, the blood of our flesh contains the life. Elohim puts life in the blood. So when Yah created Adam from the soil, he made him of the dust of the ground. If all of this is in Yah's breath, then within his breath are the life-giving qualities of life, and the life is in the blood. So if Adam had life, it was in the blood. All of life is in the blood. When the seed of the word is sown in the soil, it is the word of Yah sown into the heart. The heart is where the blood is. So when he was Yeshua was talking to Nicodemus, he said to Nicodemus, he said to Nicodemus, he said, "As Moses lifted up the serpent, let's well let's turn there. Let's turn to uh, uh, the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, and in the Gospel of John, we're gonna look at the third chapter and see what he was saying to Nicodemus. Okay, John, and uh, we're looking at the third chapter." And we're looking at verses uh, 14 through 15. So here, as Yeshua was talking to Nicodemus, he says in verse 14, "As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him, should, well, let me see, that whosoever believeth, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life." In other words, said life is in the blood. And he points Nicodemus to his crucifixion. He was saying in the wilderness, when they lifted up the serpent, in the wilderness, he said, even so, the Son of Man would be lifted up. He's talking about his being lifted up on the cross and being crucified. And he said, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life, talking about the eternal life that we have as a resort of the word having its effect in our life. So it is the life blood of Yeshua, our Messiah, that brings about the birth of a new life in Yeshua. Then the Bible says, uh, and when we go all the way back to Genesis chapter two, Genesis chapter two, and we look at uh, verse number seven, Genesis two, seven says, and Yah uh, Elohim formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. When Adam received the breath of life, he became both able to work and to think. Now, when we look in Genesis 2, verse 15, it says, and Yah-Elohim took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress and to keep it. In other words, when Adam and Eve, and especially Adam at this particular point, when the breath of life was breathed into him, he had life, and that life gave him the ability to work and to have energy and to be able to labor. So in order for him to dress and to keep and keep the garden, It was the breath of life that gave him the life to be able to work and to labor. And then we read in verse number 19, the Bible says, And out of the ground, Yah Elohim formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. So in other words, when Adam looked at the animals and analyzed them and looked at them, he realized that he had the capacity to reason and to think. And he was to name all of the animals that was brought before him that Elohim had created. Because in the man, in the man, is Elohim's mind. When we get his breath or his spirit, we also partake of a part of his mind. So when he worked in the garden and then when he studied the animals and the plants and he began to name them, it was because of the breath of life. Without the breath of life being in Adam's being, he could not name nor work because he would have just been a lifeless creature of flesh. But when the breath of life came into him, he was able to have the ability to work and to think. So what we want to point out at this juxtaposition is that it is your spirit breathed into Adam, which gave him life and the ability to work and think. If these two factors are made possible by the breath of, of life put into him, then it is logical to reason that in order to work and think, we need his spirit. It is a spirit that is needed, and his spirit is both life and mind. So his spirit is akin to his mind. When we have his mind, we have his thinking. And when we have his thinking, we have his spirit. Because the mind and the spirit are one and the same. Some passages of scriptures talk about the spirit being life. Some passages of scriptures talk about the spirit being his mind. the breath gave Adam both life and the capacity to reason, think, and to intellectualize. We are crucified with the Messiah. Nevertheless, we live. Yet not us, but the Messiah lives in us and the life which we now live in the flesh. We live by the faith of the son of Yah, who loved us and gave himself for us, which is Galatians 2.20, that is teaching us that we are crucified with Yeshua. And if we are to have the pure blood of Yeshua, we have to come to the cross. It is at the crucifixion of our Messiah that we get the blood of Yah. When the seed of the word of Yah is sown into the soil of the human heart, it is given the breath of Yah, which gives us the life of the righteousness of his son and takes away the carbon dioxide of sin. Here we have three births. Who was born of the seed of the flesh is a new birth, of the change of the soil of the human heart born of the seed of the word of the water of the word is the new birth of the cleansing of the inner and the outer life of the heart born of the seed of the spirit of the man is a new birth of the behavior and the thinking of the heart. So when we look at born of the seed, In the flesh and in the water and in the seed, it is those three births that helps us to develop the life of Elohim within us to be able to reflect his glory and to prepare ourselves, not only for the justification and the sanctification, but one day the glorification. So we are closed with those uh, three births.
0: So the three births again was the seed, the water, and the flesh.
1: In the spirit. In the spirit. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, the water, and the spirit,
0: yeah. Okay. Uh, I just wonder, too, in each of us, we have DNA, that when Yah all spoken to man, it created the DNA in man. Mm-hmm. You know. And so his words basically imprinted all over us once he breathed into Adam.
1: Mm-hmm. In other words, he got his signature written on every cell of Adam. Every cell uh, has his DNA. Every chromosome has the DNA. Every uh, gene in the body has the DNA of Elohim in it. Uh, we, we'll be dealing with it further because we'll be seeing where when you look at the book of Genesis, Genesis means... The origin and the generation, okay? Uh-huh. That's what Genesis mean, where origin and the generation comes from. So when he put the seed in Adam, uh, he was putting the genes in there. And genes means uh, that you got in those genes the characteristics of their whole body. Okay. So when he first made man in his image, he had those genes. And genes le- leads to genetics, and genetics leads to... The generations, and Mm. all of that has to do with the
0: seed. Wow. Man, so (laughs) it's interesting you know, you said how the seed of a plant of, like you said, an apple, the whole seed Mm -hmm. has apples as well as the tree and everything in that little seed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting to think that how much more we have written in us from Yah, you know. Cause mm-hmm. the seed of humans are in are in in man and then when that combines with the woman egg produce another person. hmm And uh Yeah. So uh Yeah I see this mm-hmm. No go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say in the seed that he originally put in Adam had everything that was needed Uh in order to produce his offspring to look like Elohim himself. But Uh since he sinned, that kind of disrupted the seed. But everything in that seed had the life of Elohim. And once we start daily putting that word in us, we'll be reflecting uh, that if that seed grows in us, we'll be able to reflect his glory
0: and his goodness because everything is in the seed. So... You said that once sin entered the world, is it disrupted the seed? Um, mm-hmm. In what way uh, did the did, did sin have an effect on the seed?
1: Well, uh, there's a, a a number of uh, of of effects that it had, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and what we're gonna do is look at some some of the effects, you know, of the seed. Okay. And the first effect that we want to look at is that when Eve ate it and gave to her husband, is that uh, their thinking changed. Just like mm. we was pointing out, is that their hearts, they, their hearts was changed. Mm-hmm. And now they know good and evil. So you got the, uh, according to the book of Genesis, you got good and evil now within them. Mm-hmm. And they have to cultivate, they have to cultivate this, the soil of their hearts, their minds, to now make a distinction between good and evil. So their physical body began to decay and to die physically. Uh-huh. And mentally, their minds had good and evil. And then spiritually, they had the spirit of the devil and also the spirit of Elohim in confrontation with, with one another. Those are some of the effects that happen when, when they sin. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that when they had offspring, they will not now come forth in the image of Elohim, but they will come forth in the image of man. Mm. Because when we when we read, I think we went over that before, when we read in, in Genesis, in uh, Genesis chapter, chapter 5, uh-huh. it says... Genesis chapter five. Uh, it says in verse three, Genesis chapter five three said, and Adam lived a hundred and thirty years, and he begat a son in his own likeness, and after his image, and he called his name Seth. So here, Adam was made in the image of Elohim, and when he had Seth, uh-huh. he was in his likeness, which is a likeness of a man. Uh-huh. And so Seth means in likeness mm-hmm. of Adam or likeness of a man because Adam means man. And so that was uh, an effect that happened when they sin that they now do not come forth in the image of Elohim. They come forth in the image of man.
0: Wow. So th- with that, with the uh, tree of knowledge of good and evil, was that tree created by the Most High, or was that sprung up by Satan?
1: Well, the Bible says this. uh, We can read what the Scripture says, and uh, we can try to deduce from it. The Bible says here in Genesis 2, and uh, we look at verse, let me see, uh, number 9. It says, And out of the ground may... Yah, Elohim, to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So according to this text, Elohim put the tree there. Satan used the tree, but Elohim put it there. According to this text, he says Mm -hmm. he made every tree to grow. Mm -hmm. And so every Tree would be inclusive of the tree of knowledge of good and evil
0: hmm. so then I would think that so did, did evil really come into existence once Satan turned against yah and and it was a war in heaven and he got ejected out of heaven was that did that become where evil? entered into the universe? No, it entered there, and when uh, Adam and Eve entered,
1: they they allowed to enter there when they ate, ate up the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. Remember, the covenant was, if you eat, you shall die. And when they ate, they broke the covenant, and that's when it came into this world.
0: Okay, yeah, but came into this world, but prior to man being created, there was the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? Mm-hmm. and so I w- so why would Yah create the tree of knowledge of good and evil um if evil haven't already existed?
1: And I already- mean' it's not so, it was not so much that it, it, it was not so much it existed in that sense uh-huh. in other words, if you don't have light, you have darkness. You know, in other words, uh, light, uh, in other words, darkness is the absence of light. Yeah. So when he had good and evil, that was the tree that he put there uh-huh. uh, along with the covenant that he had given them. And what it's saying is, is that even though evil was around, it had not manifested itself. Okay. You know, it, it, it was there, but it hadn't manifested. And by them, Eden of it then they allowed it to manifest itself other than okay. that it would have been kept you know where it needed to have been kept mm-hmm. because once the plan of salvation is over and it it, it it was it was there to give man a choice because Elohim didn't want us to serve him out of fear or, or hostility he wanted us to have a free choice to serve him uh, out of love and he was not going to coerce us to do it. So he put that tree there to see if they would be loyal to him. And when Satan came down and tempted them, they didn't have to eat it. If they've been loyal to him, they'd approve their love. Mm-hmm. But as a result of eating it, then they had a disloyalty to their creator and a loyalty to the serpent. And as a result, then sin now manifested itself. And then when they saw that, they try to cover themselves, but they couldn't cover themselves. So Elohim had to make them a covering by killing an animal to cover them. Uh-huh. But the fact is, yes, sin was around, but it was not manifested until they ate. They opened the door for it to
0: come in. So it's just, uh, it was here, but it needed a trigger. And the trigger was eating uh-huh. of the fruit. And uh, other than that, if it never yeah. was triggered, then it's... There'd been no sin at all. Uh,
1: mm. And I just. He
0: explained that he ex,
1: uh-huh. to Adam uh, when he created him. He says, In the day that you eat thereof, you should die. He explained it. It, it wasn't an afterthought.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so they were even told that Satan had felt, fallen from heaven because he sinned in heaven. They were uh-huh. even told that. But as a result of them eating of the tree, then. Somehow they put in the background what Elohim had told them. And as a result, that's when sin entered in. But the fact is, uh, he let them know what would happen if they ate of the tree. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they ate of the tree. And then he said, well, oh, I should have told you, you know, if you eat of that tree, that's what would happen. No, he put it, everything he put up front in the covenant. And when mm-hmm. they could go by the covenant, then they could live. But he said, if you disobey,
0: you die. Mm. Wow. Well I tell you, is this this study is going deeper and deeper. Um how deep the seed is relevant and how everything with Yah comes through the seed because um, everything in this world is kind of the result pretty much of the seed. And um, mm-hmm. you know, all our vegetation, um mm-hmm. trees, fruits, us, animals. Yeah. You know, right. even beast of the water, you know, mm, got everything. Yeah. Got seed. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to more and more. Uh, and this was what uh part five, right?
1: Yeah. This is
0: part five of the science of the seed. Okay. So we look forward to next week with part six with uh, the science of the seed. And with that, we will go to our next segment. Up next is Let's Talk About That. So, one of the things with uh, the Let's Talk About It segment, I like to sometimes deal with some of the issues that's going on in the world and how it relates to the scriptures in the Bible. And in the media, re- a lot of Black Hebrews or Black Americans and whatnot have been getting killed at the hand of other ethnicities and races so you know it's interesting as us as a people we still have love and compassion for those that persecute us i wonder why is that so if you can turn with me i kind of want to read in romans the 12th chapter verses 17 through 21 again that's romans the 12th chapter verses 17 through 21 and it reads recompense to a man evil for evil recompense to no man evil for evil provide things honest in the sight of all men if it be possible as much as lies in you live peaceably with all men dearly beloved avenge not yourselves but rather give place unto wrath for it is written vengeance is mine i will repay says yahuwah therefore if your enemy hunger feed him if he thirst, give him drink for in, do, for in so doing, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And it's interesting, Pastor, that uh, this verse talks about when he had been wronged not to seek vengeance, but to show other people love. And I wonder, is that, you know, how you talk about the seed, uh, is that woven into a lot of the Black Hebrews' uh, DNA? because honestly it really hasn't been vengeance taken on those who have persecuted us as of yet because seem like you know after so long people will rise up and say you know what we're going to war but we haven't went to war as of yet and I just wonder is that because i know some of us who study the scriptures understand about letting yah have vengeance but for those who maybe don't understand the scriptures and have not sought out vengeance Is it maybe something deeper than that, possibly?
1: Well, uh, uh, let me uh, look at it from this standpoint. Uh Vengeance, uh, we look at it from the standpoint that even though we are getting shot down in the streets and every now and then we hear of a shooting and someone is being misused,
0: Uh
1: and even, I think, not too long ago, even right here, uh yeah, you know, Sheikah was telling me that I think it was a white policeman who snatched a black girl out of the car because she wouldn't get out of the car and mistreated her. Mm-hmm. What what we are seeing here is that uh a systemic violence. And let me let me explain what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. See, we see pro- police brutality in the streets and shooting you know, unarmed victims down for uh, maybe misdemeanors or things that are so uh, trivial, they're mm-hmm. very trivial. And what we're saying is, it's not only a policeman uh, shooting someone down, but it's not really the policeman that is doing it. Now, he pulled the trigger, that is true. Mm-hmm. But who who actually pulled the trigger is is the judicial system. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: The judicial system that we have is not accountable to handling the situation because if it did have laws and stipulations in place that if you shoot and kill somebody over a trivial thing, Mm -hmm. that the penalty would be so strong on you, that you would hesitate to do what you are doing, but they know that the system backs them up. Uh So if the system backs you up, then the trigger that is pulled on the street is not simply that policeman, but the judicial system. Okay, now, uh, here's 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 another point we need to look at. Uh When one of our black Hebrews are being shot down and kill, and the system did not respond appropriately. Uh-huh. I want you to see two things when they do not respond appropriately. Number one is is that you might not get justice in the judicial systems, uh-huh. but Elohim has a way of giving justice outside of the human courtroom. Uh-huh. You know that will that will be given. Uh-huh. And if you wait long enough, you'll see the retribution. Sometimes it can come in tornadoes, come come, come in wind storms, but he'll get retribution some way. And the second thing that we have to look at, if we armed ourselves and went to destroy that policeman, we may get the policeman, but you still got the system. Mm -hmm. And so... The next thing we are looking at outside of not getting justice in the courtroom, but you will get justice, the next thing we're looking at is only Elohim can really do justice to what has transpired. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we give justice, it's under what the person need needed to have been dealt with, and mm-hmm. sometimes we may go over what needed to be dealt with, but if we allow him to give the justice, he can give it to the plumb line. In other words, when you talk about the plumb line, he can give it exactly what it is needed, not too less, not too more, not too, not more, mm-hmm. but exactly what is needed in, in doing that. Now, when you talk about other nations and people who have uh, been able, when they see their people shot down like that, is to go to war, Mm -hmm. Well, one of the reasons that we don't go to war is because many of us do not have the artillery and the weapons that they have. So if we went to war, it would almost be like an assassination that place, because they make the ammunitions, they make the guns. Mm -hmm. This is why when they uh, go to war... They have the equipment that they need. And so if they have all of the guns and we don't, then that is an unfair advantage. Yeah, This is why one of the reasons why Yeshua told Peter when they were about to take Yeshua to the cross and Peter pulled out the sword and he said, Peter, you put it up. He said, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. But also the fact is, is that those disciples they did not have as many weapons as the Roman soldiers, so they would have a, a fight on their hands. And the next thing that we have to look at is that Yeshua told Peter, and he was also talking to the disciples, he said, if I want to, I can pray, and I can get 12 legions of mm. angels to come and help me. Wow. Okay, now, what is a legion? A legion is six, I believe a legion is... Uh, uh, he said he could call 12 legions, which is 6,000. I believe a, a, legend, a legion was 6,000 soldiers. So mm-hmm. if he could get 12 legions of angels to come and help him, there would be 72,000 angels. In other words, the angels are still protecting us. Now, one of the reasons that some of this is happening is because we're not following the Torah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes okay. when we're not following the Torah, then we would be subject to the same cruelties that others are subject to when we go out into the world. Because when we keep the Torah, the Torah is teaching us that Elohim protects the Torah, and those who keep it, they will also get the protection. This is why when we travel to go to Passover, he says, when you travel, I'm going to protect your property Mm, because he has the angels there. Uh But then sometimes, like Yeshua, even when we keep the Torah, we still may be put to death, just like they were saying about Nat Turner. Uh Nat Turner was trying to free the black people, and he was killing a lot of the enemies who were doing injustice to us. And so they was getting ready to hang Nat Turner, and somebody told Nat Turner, he said, now, you follow this Jesus And now you're going to be hung for following that Jesus. He said, what is that Jesus going to do for you? Mm -hmm. And Nat Turner said, that Jesus, y'all also hung him. Mm -hmm. So I'm following in his footsteps now that you are hanging me. If they hung him, they can hang me. But I'm not going to put up with you dealing with my people as you are. And it may reach a time that in the States, and I think there are people who are of the Hebrew origin, they have boot camps just like the Caucasian have boot camps, and they have enough people and guns that if you touch one of theirs, they will go to war with you. Mm -hmm. And because they have the guns and the authority to carry those guns, nobody messes with them. They mess with innocent people like women and children. They are nothing but cowards. Because if we ever armed ourselves, this nation would wish that it never had touched one of the black people here. In our nature, God has given us the forgiveness, but that forgiveness does not mean that the nation who is doing this to us, they will at one time receive the retribution and the restoration for what they have done by being punished for the deeds that they have done to our people.
0: But you know, I, I think uh, America, America Day is coming. Uh all because you know, I look at everything that has that what the Bible states that happened in Egypt with our ancestors and things that's going on us. It's no different from what our ancestors in Egypt had to deal with in Egypt to us what we're dealing with now. And I just wonder uh, I mean, y'all don't really doesn't really need us to fight. But I know for some reason in the Old Testament, when they went up against other nations, he had them to fight for a particular reason. And uh, and I just wonder if that's going to be or he just going to outright send disastrous plagues on the people, you know, because you can't go so long without retribution at some point and all for what you've done. Cause it's just like you said, you're going to reap what you sow, whatever you put in that ground, that's what you're going to get back in return. And all, Mm -hmm. but I think the key is just as you have stated is our people, either one, they don't know about the covenant. And if they do, they haven't returned to it fully. And I think once that's, that happens and Yah's chosen and he sees that, we have come back into his fold and his good graces and ironed everything out. I think then I think a lot of things will end up changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a question from a listener and it reads, did Cain and Abel have the seed of Yah or the seed of man? I asked this because of the comment you made about Seth. Okay. Um, now, in in that
1: particular scenario, you know that you you brought out did Cain and Abel, you know, have it? Okay. Well, what what we read is that uh, Adam had the seed. Mm-hmm. However, when they sinned, what happened was that that seed they had another seed in them, which was the seed of Satan. Now. I'm going to use a couple of texts here in, in order to try to answer your question. Okay. Now, we want to turn to Genesis chapter 3. And we want to look at verses, uh, let me see, uh, 15. Yeah, well, I think 15 should suffice. Here in Genesis three fifteen, 15, says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Now, what, 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 what is this talking about? he said thee and the woman in other words he's talking about the serpent seed he's talking about the serpent and the woman who was the serpent the serpent was being used by Satan and who was the woman the woman was Eve okay uh-huh. he said and I will put enmity between the woman which is Eve and between thy seed which is Satan and her seed which is a woman it said bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel so here in this verse it speaks about two seeds okay mm-hmm. He's saying enmity, which means hatred, between the woman seed and the serpent seed. Okay, so you got two seeds there, Uh okay? okay. And both of the seeds will come from the woman, but one seed will lead to Yeshua, the Messiah, and the other would be to those who are against uh, the Messiah, and they would have a seed. And we know that their seed would be evil, but Yeshua's seed would be good. Okay, now keep that in mind. That you got now that they have sinned, you got two seeds. So now, when we look at Genesis chapter, chapter, uh, chapter uh, four, Genesis chapter four, and we're going to uh, use verses one, two, and then we're going to jump down to verse eight. Now, the Bible says, and Adam knew his wife. Okay. And she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from Yahweh. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep and Cain was a tiller of the ground. So here we have two individuals, okay, that was come from Adam and Eve. Okay, they now possess the same thing that Adam possessed, which is good and evil in them as well. So then when we go down to verse 8, it says, And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel and his brother and slew him. So now what we see here is that the seeds of murder is coming out. Why are those seeds of murder coming out of Cain? Uh Because he got the seed of Adam. So what Adam became was also in his seed. And so when he had his offspring, they too would have the same thing in their genes. So at the opportunity that Cain and Abel had, even though both of them, had good and evil in them. But the fact is, is that they did not have to act on it no more than Adam had to act on eating the fruit if he really didn't want to take it, but he did. So Abel acted on the part of his nature that was the evil seed which contained murder and he killed his brother. Yes, they, they had that seed of Elohim in them, but also they had the seed of evil that had come forth from the serpent under the influence of Satan.
0: Okay, so he had. they had both the good and the evil seed. Yeah, because see, the,
1: yeah the tree that they ate off, the Bible said, would be good and evil. Mm-hmm. So when they ate the fruit of the tree, it produced in them what the tree manifested, good mm-hmm. and evil. And when he killed his brother, he drew from the seed of evil.
0: So they would create it from the words of Yah, which is the seed. But then mm-hmm. when they partook of the fruit of a of the evil seed, now they had both good and evil within them. Mm-hmm. See, wow. because
1: well, well, when we get down to the profoundness of the word,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the word is the seed, but we'll find out that the seed contains the word of Elohim. Mm-hmm. Whatever he says is a seed, and he puts it in the seed. Okay. And whatever Satan says is a seed, and he puts it in his seed. So when we got the seed of evil and the seed of good, then this is what the Apostle Paul says, the good that I would do, I do not, and that which I would not do, that I do, because good and evil is in me. And this is our constant battle every day of fighting good and evil. It's like you said, people shooting other people down. They allow that evil seed to overtake them rather than the good seed. Mm. And so, that's why we are seeing what we are seeing. And so, Abel was killed by his brother because he allowed, his brother allowed that evil seed to germinate within him, and he brought forth murder, which was in that seed.
0: Now, I want to ask one question, too, uh, regarding the seed. Uh, if... They consider certain people DNA to be stronger than others um, and i I assume and I think when I heard it the DNA of darker skinned people uh their DNA is more stronger than others. I just wonder did Yah choose his chosen people because their DNA <laughs> His code of DNA was stronger within them than any of the other, uh, I don't want to say races of people, but other groups of people that was on this planet. And, uh, My own thing about it,
1: you know, uh, he didn't make but one. He didn't wait but one person. Uh-huh. That's all he made. He just made one person. But had, and, and all all uh-huh. persons came from that one person. Okay. Even, even. He made,
0: no, no, go ahead.
1: He made Adam and from Adam he took Eve and from Uh Eve they got, uh, they had Cain and Abel and they had Seth and then they produced two lines. You had Cain's line and then you had Seth's line Uh and all other people came from just one person.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, everybody came from And so when you say DNA was weaker or stronger, Uh uh, well, DNA just manifests itself from the person in which it comes from. Okay. Yeah. You know, if you say something is stronger, you may have to delineate as to what are you saying is stronger.
0: Okay. Because
1: whenever a person is born, they take on the DNA, the genes, the chromosomes, and the genetic makeup from the seed of the person they come from.
0: True. Yeah. Okay.
1: But if you say, if they, you know, uh, if you say they, they are stronger to do right or wrong, you know, then we have to point out, uh, is it has something to do with their choice? Mm -hmm. If they're weak or strong, do they have the choice? Do they still have a choice, you know, to do right or to do wrong? It's like yeah, when you deal true. with a person who uh, is, is sick, mm-hmm. you know, even though they're weak, they still can say, I choose to do right. Then some people may say, well, you know, I'm so weak and mm-hmm. I, I just going to curse God. You know, I I want to do wrong. But that's still a choice. Yeah. Even though you may be weak or strong, that's, that's your choice to choose which, what you want to do, no matter how weak or how strong you are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because now that I think about it, the Hebrew people, uh, you know, especially the ancestors, they they was all over the place because they, with times they was keeping the covenant and they started to serve other gods and everything, and that's mm-hmm. why we're in the mess we're in now. You know, now we scattered all over the place. hmm Yeah, so. Well, Pastor, can you take us to the throne as we get ready to close out this uh, podcast for this week? Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Loving Father, again, we push your throne of grace. Thank you, Lord, for another opportunity that you have worked out the technology for us to be able to communicate, and you've given us a message, Lord, that we should let the seed of the word of Elohim resonate within us and cleanse our hearts, that we may continue to grow, Heavenly Father, and that you may justify us sanctify us and glorify us in the end. Continue to bless each person that listens, their families, Lord, and do for them that which is needed. Bless my hosts and bless myself, that as we continue to look to you, that you will give us the things, Lord, that we stand in need. And now, Father, as we get ready to go into a new week, and most of all, as we get ready to go to Pentecost to be able to celebrate the day in which you have designated that we should be able to bring the wheat and to be able to have a, a new meat offering for you for the first offering was the barley and the second is the wheat. And so as we get ready to celebrate that tomorrow at one o'clock and then to close it out at seven o'clock, that the power of the Holy spirit may keep us for we cannot keep ourselves. And when we meet again, we can talk about more of the things of the word Lord that you have given us that we can be in relationship with you, that when you do come as we could sort of justifying us and sanctifying us, we can look at, look for the glorification in the end. These and other blessings we ask in the name of Yeshua the Messiah. And for his dear sake we do pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen.
0: That is our podcast for this week. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at scienceofthecovenant at gmail.com know therefore that yahuwah Elohaka is he is elohim the faithful el which guards his covenant and mercy with them that love him and guard his commandments to a thousand generations until next week shalom